Well, it's my honour and privilege to welcome to the platform for the second time today. Yeah, come on, Peter Morton. Let's give it up for Peter. Thank you. Hey, good evening. How's everyone feeling tonight? You all good? I've been told this is the naughty service. That's the word on the street. This is the naughty service. But one thing I want to know, give me a, raise your hands if you were here this morning. Okay, so everyone, so you, you know, you guys weren't that naughty this morning, so I'm guessing all the troublemakers are all the ones who didn't raise their hands. Is that right? <laughs> Thanks so much, worship team. Wasn't that worship fantastic? I so love being in this house. I really do. I just want to just honour the team here. You guys do a, a tremendous job and you really follow the Spirit. And I just love it. Eh? It's just always such a pleasure and a privilege to be able to be here and, and worship with you guys. You guys know that you've got an incredible worship team here, right? Yeah, they really are. Yeah, come on, give it up for these guys. They're awesome. Well, we're going to have some fun tonight. And... Um, uh, just before I kind of get into things, um, I'm told that my book sold out this morning. So if, um, if you wanted to get a copy of this, I'm very, very sorry if you missed out on it, um, on, a, on a physical copy. But if you want to, you can head uh, to my website, which is petermorton.nz. So uh, M-O-R-T-O-N, petermorton.nz, and you can purchase it there. And um, because I do it on the site for $30, but when I travel, I sell it for $25. So if you um, use the code HOPE, like for Hope Centre, use the code HOPE, that'll give you $5 off as well. So kind of means then you can get it for the same price as you would have got it here. And um, yeah, so just uh, pray that that'll be a blessing for, uh, for everyone who, who's got a copy of that as well. Um, yeah, so going to be awesome. Um, I just felt tonight that, um, I mean, I've got a message and stuff to share, but uh, just while we were worshipping before, I just felt like there was just a, a few words that I just wanted to give some people. And um, Brendan, uh, you know, we've just met. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I like this guy. Do you like this guy? Yes. I do. I like him. I like him. Can I just pray for you for a second? Do you want to stand? Yeah, why don't we stretch out a hand to Brendan tonight? Father, we just thank you for this man. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing in his life. And you know what I just really sensed as we were worshipping tonight? I could, I could hear like a resonance of the devotion in your heart to God as we were worshipping. You know, it's almost kind of like there, you, you have just got such a heart for him. You, have just, you burn for the Spirit of God. I could just feel this fire next to me as we were worshipping tonight. And, and what I really felt like that God is just going to take you from strength to strength. And what I saw for you was like, uh, it was funny because I felt like the word, the word Nazarite came to me as one who was kind of like set apart. And, and I feel like God has called you on a very unique call. I don't really know anything about you, but I just feel like God has got a very unique call for your life. And there was things that He's going to call you to do that you're going to do out of devotion to Him that are going to be above and beyond what others would do but it's not a religious thing and it's not a trying to earn God's favor or stuff. It's, a, it's an overflow of your devotion and your love to God. And uh, I really believe that you're going to see your prophetic uh, ability increase massively. Um, God's going to really speak to you in the secret place about things to do with people and with church. You're also going to, your platform is going to increase. I really believe that you're going to, you're going to start to travel more. There's going to be um, doors beginning to open for you. Uh, your ministry is going to extend beyond this place. And, uh, but there, there's, there, you carry like a burning heart for the Lord and the Lord's going to use you to set other people aflame and alight. And do not let the devil put out the fire in your heart. God has started that fire and, you know, these criticisms are going to come and people sometimes are not going to understand, but you just stay true to who God has called you to be. And uh, man, there, there are so many that are going to be so grateful for your ministry and for your life going forward. So Father, I bless him tonight in Jesus' name. And Father, we just ask, Lord, for just a fresh anointing upon him, God. Lord, for everything that he's called to. And I thank you as well, Lord God, for just uh, that deeper relationship with you, Lord, as, as he spends that time in the secret place with you, God, you're going to reveal secrets of your heart to him. And you're going to really just use this man powerfully. We bless him tonight in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. 
Mike and Ann, this, these guys have been awesome. They picked me up from the, the airport yesterday and I spent a bit of time with them last night and again at lunchtime today. Can, you guys just want to stand? I want to give these guys a round of applause yeah. as well. Aren't they awesome? You guys are blessed to have these guys. You realise this, right? They are, they, they are pure gold, pure gold. Why don't we just stretch our hands towards them? Father, I just thank you for this couple tonight. And Lord, by the divine order that they are here. Lord, it's not a mistake. It was all in your timing. And Father, I thank you as well. I just have a real sense, Mike, for you. I really believe that there, you're a deep well and there is far more in you than you even realise. And what I see in the next season is that God is actually mining deep within you. And there's talents and skills and abilities that are going to start to come to the forefront in the next season that you're not even aware of. You're a talented guy and you've been, able, you've been quite successful at putting your hand to a lot of different things. But I feel like the Lord is just saying there's, there's, there's more. And uh, never doubt yourself. There is more that God has got, given you and that you've got the capability and the capacity to do than even you're doing right now. And I feel also, too, in this next season, there's going, to, um, there's going to be some kind of crunch times, some difficult moments, some hard things. But the Lord's going to use those to really mine those gifts that He has put in your heart. So when the hard times come and the difficulties come and the, the crisis has come, don't despair. You're not on the wrong path. God is going to use that season to really bring some stuff out of you that uh, is, is not visible at the moment, but is going to be increasingly important in the years to come. And uh, I also feel too that uh, your platform is going to increase and you're going to be known out there uh, kind of in the community for stuff that you're not even walking in yet, is what the Lord is saying. There's, uh, there's stuff that He's going to pull out of you in this next season that's going to be such a critical component to your ministry going forward. And uh, Father, I just bless this man. We thank you, God, for this ministry school. I thank you for the equipping of the saints and, Lord, for what it is that you're going to be releasing through him in this next season. Lord, we bless him. Whoa, in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you, God, for your presence and for your power, Lord, upon him. Lord, to preach the word, Lord, and to set souls alight and aflame in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, Lord, for many who are going to go to the next level in their faith. And also, too, as a couple, I just really see that you've got the ability to call out the callings of people. God is going to give you insight and revelation into how people are wired. And uh, He's going to use you powerfully in, in that realm as well, you know, just to show, show people their destiny and help them connect with what it is that they're here on earth to do. Bless them tonight in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for Anne tonight in Jesus' name. And uh, I just have a sense with you, it's kind of like, you know, uh, people are not even going to see you coming. <laughs> Because you're kind of quiet, and, and, but there is a boldness within you, and there is fire within you, and there is wisdom within you. And uh, I said to you today, you know, that when you were sharing this morning, I felt like there was a heart message there. And I feel like for you, there is this heart message about the fullness, body, soul, mind, spirit, everything being restored. And you're going to see people fully restored. The Lord is anointing you specifically in the area, particularly of mental health and emotional health. And uh, you're going to really see, you're going to lay hands on people and pray for them and see minds restored. You're literally going to see that. We've seen bodies restored, but you're going to see minds and emotions put back together by the Spirit of God. And uh, it's going to come from the Word of God. And it's going to come from the Spirit of God. And again, do not doubt what God has put on the inside of you. Be bold and courageous and take those steps forward. And, uh, you know, there's been many years of you kind of like sitting back and we're well, not sitting back, but you've been kind of more on the sidelines. But the Lord is going to call you increasingly into the spotlight and take your place. Stand up and be that woman of God that He's called you to be. Father, we bless you tonight in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, for your presence and your power upon her and upon this couple and upon their family, we pray in Jesus' name. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, <sighs> whoa, might be a short night tonight. <laughs> uh, and it's so good to see Michael and Linda live and good here as well. And uh, I just want to take a moment just to, yeah, just want to take a moment just to honour this couple. 
And um, again, just to say thank you for all that you have poured out into the body of Christ over so many years. You know, there is, you've been so faithful and so diligent to follow the, the call of God and the, the presence of God. You've had a you know, hunger and a passion for him. And I believe you know, when, on that final day when you stand there in heaven, you're going to look behind you and multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of lives that have been impacted and touched through your ministry. Yeah. So, Father, we thank you for this couple tonight in Jesus' name. Oh, and I just really feel like the Lord is saying, in the past, you have traveled and you have gone places. But I feel like in the future, increasingly, people are going to come to you. I feel like there is a, there's a shift in season that's coming at some point. And it's almost like you're going to set up a base. And instead of you going all over the place, people are going to start coming to you. And they're going to come to you in person and virtually as well. I'm seeing like an online sort of a, a thing as well that the Lord is doing uh, in and through you guys in this next season. And Father, I just thank you too, Lord God, for the anointing and the passion that is upon this couple. And we thank you, God, that is going to be trans, uh, transferred from generation to generation. That's been on your heart. That, you've, would, that the, the things that you carry would be passed on to the next generation. That the young men and women would rise up into all that they're called to be. And Father, I thank you tonight, Lord God, that they, their eyes are going to see that increasingly. And Lord, you've still got so much great work for them to do. Lord, we just bless them tonight, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing in and through their ministry. May it increase, God. And Father, I just speak life and health over both of them tonight. In Jesus' name, divine health. We call that down over their life right now. Divine health. And Father, I thank you, just as Caleb was able to say, Lord, that even at his age, Lord, that he was just as strong as he was 40 years ago. Father, I thank you, Lord, for divine health, Lord, for this couple. Lord, in this next season, Lord God, that they would be just as strong and just as able to do all that you have called them to do. We thank you for that tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if I can, I just pray for the worship team as well. Anyone who's part of the worship team here, at, I think there's a, you know, there's obviously a pod here, but um, yeah, a few others. So, can if, if you're part of the worship team here, can you just stand, regardless of where you're at? Yeah, Father, we just thank you. Why don't you just stretch your hand towards one of these guys tonight, Father? I thank you for what you're doing in worship in this place, and Lord God, that you are you are uh, shaking something, Lord. You are creating something. Here. And I thank you, Lord, for their ability, Lord, to be able to hear the Word of God, to hear the, the, the leading of God and to be able to go hard after it. And Father, I just pray tonight, Lord God, for more. I ask, Lord, for more songs. Lord, I ask, Lord, for uh, new sounds. Lord, I ask, Lord, for fresh worship to come upon each one. And Lord, I'm also asking tonight, Lord, for fresh energy. Lord, just as they pour out, Lord, there's, there's often weariness that comes, Lord, in the ministry and in the call. Father, I'm praying tonight, Lord, for fresh energy on each one. Lord, and, and Father, I thank You too for more people to join the team. Lord, I thank You, God, that You're going to build this team. Lord, we call the worshippers in, in Jesus' Name. And uh, Father, I thank You too. I, I actually believe that there's people here in this church, and uh, maybe you're going to be identified as we start to prophesy a little bit later on. But there are, there are people here who've got gifts of worship that you need to engage with some training or something like that to be able to come and join this team. Because I believe that God wants to expand and to grow this in the next season. And so, Father, I thank You tonight, Lord God, for every hole to be filled. I thank You, Lord, for every, uh, every area where there is lack. Father, we just declare tonight breakthrough and we declare tonight, Lord, provision for heaven. Lord, that the worship in this place would go from strength to strength and from glory to glory, that nothing would hold back the worship of this house, God. Lord, that it would like the going ahead of the army, Lord God, that it would create that path in this place, we pray. And Lord, I bless and anoint, Lord, just as they pour out for others, Lord, that You would pour into them tonight. I pray in Jesus' mighty name, and I thank You, Lord God, for Your presence and Your power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Fantastic.
Well, it is, uh, it's awesome to be here. And so I've got, uh, I've got something to share tonight. I've got uh, a scripture that I felt like the Lord laid on my heart during the week as I was kind of um, preparing for this meeting. As I said, I don't tend to um, repeat messages. I try to always bring something that's a bit fresh and a bit different. And sometimes God gives me a bit of a challenge too because he'll give me a verse and then doesn't tell me a lot about the verse and then I've got to kind of figure it out. But um, if you've got your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and um, I love this verse. This is a great verse, and I feel it's very, very apt for you guys as a church and uh, for what God is doing in this place and uh, in, in this church. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm going to read from verse 3, and I'm reading the NIV. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, and it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. What a great verse, eh? How many know that God is the God of comfort? He is the God of comfort. I love that we were singing this morning about that song that had all the different names of God in it. You know, and He is. He is the God of comfort. And I love that word comfort. It's an interesting word, actually. In the Greek, it's paraklesis, which is the same word that is used to describe the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who comes alongside and encourages. Isn't that cool? So comfort isn't just kind of, you know, just like patting you on the head. <laughs> or giving you a hug. It's to come alongside and encourage, to call you forward into what it is that God has for you, to kind of provoke you in an awesome way for the things that lie ahead, that God has got ahead for you. And I thought it was interesting too, that if you actually replace in this verse comfort with Holy Spirit, it reads really interesting. I'm going I'm to read it again, and we're going to replace comfort with Holy Spirit. And it says this, God of the Holy Spirit who Holy Spirits us in all of our troubles so that we can Holy Spirit those in any trouble with the Holy Spirit that we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our Holy Spirit abounds through Christ. Isn't that awesome? You know, and uh, I loved, you know, the, the words of some of those songs this morning. There's one of those songs in particular that was really doing me over. I was just saying to Rachel before the service that um, there's one of those ones that the songs and it said something about like, Holy Spirit, come and rest on Christ and me. Whoa, man, I was, I, I was thinking about that one all afternoon. Come and rest on Christ and me. And was just thinking about the fact that, you know, when, when I was singing that this morning and thinking about that, Man, you know, it made me so aware that the Holy Spirit is really, He, he comes and He blesses us, I mean, He'll come and He'll touch our lives. But we want Him to come and rest on our lives. But there's nothing worthy in our lives that He would rest on, but He will rest on Christ in us. And so what that made me think is, man, I want to get every single part of my life surrendered to Christ. Because I want to set up as many landing zones around my life as possible for the Holy Spirit to land on. You know, I want to create all of these different landing zones. So every area of my life, man, I want to get it surrendered to Christ. I don't want to have any of me. It's like I want to have all of Christ so that the Holy Spirit can come and rest, not on me, but on Christ in me. Now, I just thought that was just so awesome. But, you know, it's, I think it's so important, though, that we know how to access the Holy Spirit of comfort. How many know that life is hard? <laughs> Is it hard in Lower Hutt from time to time? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's hard in Auckland, I tell you this, you know. Traffic, oh my goodness. <laughs> Other issues, many. Life is hard. And so we need comfort. But the thing is that if we don't find our comfort in God, we'll find our comfort somewhere else. And so we need the comfort of God. We need to tap into the Holy Spirit of comfort. We have to discover Him as the God of comfort so that He fills those parts of our lives that are longing and needing, you know, that nothing else can fill. It's so funny. I don't know if you ever do this. Sometimes I find myself in front of the fridge. <laughs> and I open it up. I just look at it. I don't even know what I'm looking for. My heart's longing for something. And it's not even really food. Yeah? Anyone else? 
Yeah. And I'm finding too, as I get older, you know, my metabolism is not quite as fast. So this is a real problem for me. <laughs> but you know what? I realize in moments like that, actually my heart is longing for God. I'm longing for eternity. I'm longing for something that this world actually can't satisfy, and I'm looking for it in the fridge. <laughs> but if we don't find, if we don't access the God of comfort, we will start to find other ways to try to fill that longing, that, that very human need that is in every single one of us. We'll start looking for other things. You know, and when we realize just how real the comfort of God is, it's life-changing. I'm not just talking about something that's theoretical or just a nice theological concept. I'm talking about something that is actually life-changing and very, very real. And I love in the fact that in this church that you guys really make room for the Holy Spirit to come. You know, I know from my own journey um, that uh, I was brought up in a Christian home. Uh, and uh, my parents split up when I was six. And I came to live in New Zealand with my mum and my younger brother, and, um, you know, I was taken along to church, and, fought, and it was a Pentecostal church, and that was the very first time that I ever saw, you know, um, people being prayed for or singing in tongues or any of that sort of stuff, and it was just awesome, and I loved it. And, uh, you know, I received the gift of tongues. I gave my life to the Lord. There was a whole bunch of things that happened. But as it was growing up, I was always aware. I felt like there's something more. There's, there's something I'm just not tapping into. You know, I knew Jesus. I'd been baptized in water and and everything, but I, I felt like there's something missing. And when I was about 15 years old, my mum was playing a, uh, a, a video, <laughs> VHS, <laughs> show my age. And it was of a preacher who was preaching, a particular preacher. And he was talking about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that you could know the Holy Spirit personally. And he said, all you have to do is you just wait on God and you say, come Holy Spirit. And you do that until he comes. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to try this out myself. So there I was, 15 years old. I went down to my bedroom, closed the door, sat on the edge of my bed. And I sat there and said, come, Holy Spirit. And I waited. And I said it again, come, Holy Spirit. And I waited. And I waited and I waited. And have you ever had that moment, you know, where you kind of feel like you've been praying for hours? And you look up and it's been like five minutes. <laughs> And um, so I had that experience, you know, I'm like, man, I've been praying for so long, I'm so holy, you know, <laughs> five minutes passed. But I sat there on my bed and I prayed and I waited on the Holy Spirit for 45 minutes. For a 15-year-old, that's quite, you know, I give myself props for that, that was good. <laughs> so waiting and saying, come Holy Spirit. And I got to the end of the 45 minutes and still nothing had really happened. And I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe not this time, maybe next time or something. And I got up off the bed to walk to the door to go and ring a friend or do something. And I just remember walking and then suddenly it was like the air went electric. And I got pins and needles from the top of my head down to the tip of my toes. And next moment I'm on the floor and I'm laughing and I'm crying and I'm laughing some more and then I'm crying some more. And it was just all on. And you know what? In that moment, it was like, because... I had been really hurt by a lot of stuff that had happened in my younger years, when parents splitting up and a whole bunch of other stuff that had happened. And it was like the Lord just reached in and just scooped out all of that stuff. It just all came out, laughing, crying, just this mess. <laughs> and, you know, I got up eventually off the floor <laughs> and I went to school the next day and everyone at school knew I was a Christian. But my friends looked at me and they said, what has happened to you? Because they could visibly see the change. And from that moment on, I'm like, oh my goodness. It was like a door had opened into an entire realm of the faith that, you know, maybe I, I'd kind of believed might have been there, but I'd experienced it for myself. And it's funny now, because anytime I start talking about the Holy Spirit now, I can begin to feel His presence immediately. Many of you will be in that same boat. And it's awesome, especially in a place like this. I mean, you guys are just, you know, <laughs> you, you bring this on, man. It's like, you know, <laughs> so awesome. I love it. But 
The, the, the fact is, though, that so many times over the years, probably thousands and thousands of times over the years now, you know, life has gotten hard or things have happened or I've been in crisis situations or I've been overwhelmed or in situations where I just can't see my way forward. But what I've learned how to do is I've learned how to connect to the Holy Spirit of comfort. And in those moments, you know, sometimes there's been times where people have spoken things against me and those words have really cut deep into my heart or I've been betrayed or let down by, by someone or something that's going on. And in those moments of comfort with God, it's like, again, He reaches in and He just touches that area of my life and He heals it. And so what we're talking about, when we're talking about the comfort of God tonight, we're not just talking about a theoretical idea. We're talking about something that is tangible yeah. and something that will actually change your life. You know, and so I believe, you know, at the end tonight, we're going to pray. And uh, I'm, I'm believing just for a fresh touch for so many lives. But particularly, too, I want to just deal tonight, particularly for those who are feeling in any way disappointment or feeling discouragement. Because I think life is hard, and one of the things that can so easily come in is disappointment and discouragement. And you know what? Particularly, too, for the more professional Christians among us. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person sitting next to you. <laughs> We're so good at hiding it. Hey. We're so good at hiding it. We can feel discouraged on the inside, but we come along to church, hey, brother, I'm dying on the inside, but we're so good at that. But that's the part that we need to be able to bring to God. That's the part that we've got to be able to open up so that He can actually reach in and touch. And I, I believe tonight, even, even if you are an upfront person, even if you are the most spiritual person in this room, <laughs> If you, are, if, if you are in any way, if you've got disappointment or discouragement going on in your spirit, we want to pray for you tonight because I want to see that thing go. Amen. And see real healing come in. So what I want to do tonight is I'm just going to expound some stuff from this passage just very quickly because I believe that the Lord actually gave us this scripture for a reason. I'm going to do that and then, and then we're going to get into some, some prayer tonight. And... If you, I just wanted to say too that if you do find yourself in a place of discouragement or disillusionment, you're in really good company because Paul knew exactly what that felt like. You're not a bad Christian. You're not you know, useless or weak or something wrong with you. Paul was one of the greatest out there and he walked through this as well. And many of the letters that he wrote in the New Testament, this one included in 2 Corinthians, he was under tremendous difficulty and stress. He'd been beaten and persecuted in prison for the gospel. He had situations with false apostles and leaders running around and leading people astray. And, and uh, you know, they didn't have an internet back then, you know, so he wasn't kind of able to send emails out and, and deal with some of the sort of stuff. He would just, you know, receive reports and he'd have to learn how to put things into the hands of God. He almost lost his relationship with the Corinthians after being so blunt with them in 1 Corinthians. Life was really, really hard and difficult for Paul at that moment. And when this letter was written, it was written from a, you know, a, a really difficult time in Paul's life. But you know, one thing I love to do though, is I love to find patterns and progressions in God's Word. That's something I love to do. That's partly like this morning when we were, you know, talking about the five things this morning, you know, uh, inspiration and realization and revelation and cooperation and continuation. You know, I love to find that stuff because for me, what it does is it gives me a next step. You see, I love the spiritual realm. But one thing that bugs me about the church sometimes is that there sometimes can be this idea that only very special people can really understand that. And then everyone else has to kind of find a special person who understands that. <laughs> but what I love to do is be able to take that stuff and demystify it to be able to bring it down to practical realities and get it into the hands of everyday believers. Because Jesus Christ died that every single one of us could have full access to God. 
He didn't die for a certain group just to be able to go in and everyone else has to ride their coattails. Every single one of us as believers has got full access. Every single one of us as believers can hear from God and can walk fully in His power. That, you know, and that's what I'm passionate about. And so what I'm hoping for tonight is, uh, you know, I want to be able to bring some practical stuff that you're going to be able to put in your life that's going to help deal with discouragement and disappointment and connect you with the God of comfort. Does that sound good? Right, so that's what we're going to do tonight. So I love the way that this particular verse starts. And it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise. Whoa. Praise. He starts off and he says, Praise. And I love this because in the middle of everything that Paul's going through, in his life crisis, all the problems, where's his focus? It's on God. What's he doing? He's saying it's about Praise. I'm lifting His name up. And it's more than just a mental understanding or a nice Christian thing to say, oh, praise the Lord. There is something about true praise that changes our atmosphere and our outlook on life. And again, that's why I love coming here because I feel like in the worship here, you guys are really good at being able to just lift Jesus up and put Him on the throne. But you know, one of the things that Christians often do is we... God kind of gets off the throne of our heart and we put our problems and our situations on the throne. And then what happens is then we start bowing down and declaring the wonders and the greatness of our problems and our situations. Oh, how great is my problem. I will declare it to all the world, yea, verily. How great is my bog. Sing with me, <laughs> how great is my bog. <laughs> Have I told you about my problem, about the issue? We put it on the throne and we focus on it. It consumes our attention. And we're, we're so good at putting these things on our throne. But you know, that, that's what I love about praise. Because what true praise does is it gets the problem off the throne and it puts God on the throne. I love what someone said, that they said that it's not about ignoring the problem or facts, it's about denying them a place of influence. I thought that was really good. Not about ignoring the problem or the facts, you know, we're not being stupid and saying that it doesn't exist, but we just deny it a place of influence. We don't let that thing get on the throne of our mind and our consciousness and our focus. We don't let that thing get all of the airtime that's going on in our life. And, and that's why praise is so important. It gets our problem off the throne and it puts God back on it. And what praise does is it says, you know what? I acknowledge that there's something that's going on. I acknowledge that there's a problem in my life. I acknowledge that there's a situation that needs to be dealt with, but you know what? My focus is not on that. My focus is on Him. I'm, I'm not going to spend my time talking and declaring the wonders and the glory and the power of the problem. I'm going to spend my life and my time declaring the wonders and the power and the glory of the One who lives forever, the One who is upon the throne. He's the One that I've got my focus and my attention on. Amen. And I want to say tonight, man, do not let the devil steal the song of your heart. Oh, come on. Because God's got a song that He wants to put in your heart. And man, the devil wants to steal that. You know, last time I was down here um, and preached here on the Sunday night, uh, I, I brought a message. And in that message, I was talking about uh, the, the anthem that um, Israel would sing. And it's right throughout the Old Testament. And we see it a lot. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And His love endures forever. And I love that particular, um, that particular song because it's a song of faith. And you know, it's interesting actually because one of the best known times of that song was you know, when Israel was attacked by those armies, remember? And they sent the musicians out ahead first to sing that song. And you know, the, the Lord threw the enemy into disarray. But you know, sometimes I think we can kind of miss you know, we, we don't kind of have it almost a, um, a historical mindset really on what it felt like. Whenever I read the Bible, I try to put myself back there and, and imagine what it felt like for people. 
Because, you know, we know the end of the story often, right? But, you know, often they didn't know the end of the story as, as, as it was developing. And what I think is interesting about that is that it was under the time of King Jehoshaphat. And so there'd been a run of bad kings beforehand. And Jehoshaphat was doing everything in his power to try to bring the nation back to God. And so they were making right decisions. They were reinstating, you know, the the Levitical uh, priesthood and the temple worship. And they were getting everything back in order. They were really busting their gut to say, God, we want you. We want to go after you. And you would think as a nation, that would just mean that God's like, yes, blessings. Awesome. Everything's great. And then what happens? The world's biggest army rocks up onto their doorstep and says, hey, we're going to take you now. You know, and I can imagine if I was in Jehoshaphat and the rest of their position at that particular point in time, I'd be like, are you serious, God? Have you have you seen what we've been doing for you? Like we've been busting our gut to try to bring everything back. And Lord, this is what you bring. And so then walking out to face that army. I'm not sure that my first thought would necessarily be give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Because of what I've been through, because of what I was facing, I'm not sure that would necessarily be the, in, the initial words that came to my mind. <laughs> Might be something else. But you know what I love is the faith in that statement. Because it says, yes, I see what's going on. I understand the situation that is in front of me today. But in spite of what I see, and in spite of everything that's been going on, I'm standing here today and I'm going to say, give thanks to the Lord for He is good and His love endures forever. And you know, I think the devil, he tries to, he wants to steal our song. Sometimes I think he wants to change our song. He wants to change it to give up on God for He's no good and He's forgotten all about you. He is. (laughs) Give up on God for He's no good and He's forgotten all about you. And I tell you what, I see so many Christians that might be singing worship songs with with their mouths, but in their heart, that's the song they're singing. Oh man, you know, this situation's happened, man. God's forgotten about me. God's left me behind. He's not here. He's not, you know, I might be mouthing the right stuff, but in my heart, I've kind of like given up. But I want to tell you, man, there is so much power. We cannot let the devil steal our song. We've got to take that song back. We've got to say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. You know, it takes faith to sing about what God is going to do when it feels like God is distant, when everything is bad, when, it's all al- when you're all alone, it feels like nothing is working. And that's why worship in the church is so important. That's why praise is so important. And that's why I think Paul starts in the middle of his crisis. He starts and he says, praise be to God. Praise be to the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So he starts with praise. And sometimes before we can experience the God of all comfort, we've got to let praise escape from our lips. And we're going to finish with some praise again tonight. I hope that's the right worship team. Yeah. We're, going to, we're going to finish with that again tonight. But the second thing that I kind of got out of this passage is that to connect with the God of comfort, we also have to keep moving. We've got to keep moving. We've got to keep doing that which God has called us to do and keep pouring out. We've got to keep making that decision. And it kind of sounds crazy because sometimes we would think in order to receive comfort, we have to kind of like stop everything and receive it. But, you know, if you read the passage, it says something interesting. He says, he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any troubles with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. And so what he's actually doing is he's setting up a loop there. Can you see that? There's something coming in and something going out. And let me tell you the truth. And this is really, really important and something I think we can often miss. Comfort comes to us as it goes through us. Comfort comes to us as it goes through us. If we focus on the comfort moving through us to others, then God will focus on the comfort coming to us. Isn't that awesome? And that's what I love about what Paul is writing here because this is the evidence. Second Corinthians, what I've just read, this is the evidence that Paul is still moving. Because 
There he is in the midst of his own crisis with everything going on for him. And what's he doing? He's writing a letter to, Second Corinthian, or to, to the Corinthian church to say, hey God, praise be to the Lord our God and let me comfort you. He's actually living this thing out. The fact that we've got this letter is evidence that Paul was doing this. He wasn't just kind of stopping and sitting, you know. And, you know, what I've found is that, man, in life, trouble is going to come to you as a believer. Amen. You know, I know that's not the thing that, uh, you know, it's not usually up on the back of the bathroom door with the pictures of the kittens. You know, Jesus said, you know, um, uh, you, know you will have trouble in this life. You know, that, that's not usually, you know, it's not usually on the screensaver with the, you know, with a nice pretty font or anything like that, you know. You, in this life, you will have trouble. But like it or not, Jesus never promised that we'd have a, a carefree life. And I want to tell you tonight, both God and the devil have plans for your trouble. Both of them have got plans for the trouble that's going to come to you. I've got good news tonight. Trouble's coming. <laughs> you excited about that? <laughs> but listen, the fact is it's inevitable. You live on the earth, trouble's going to come to you. Both God and the devil have got plans for that trouble. You see, God wants to use that trouble to grow you and strengthen you and prepare you to be an overcomer. But the devil wants to use that trouble to try to take you out, to silence your song, to mute your ministry and to limit your life. And I tell you what, man, sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes it takes me a little while to realise that the devil's trying to do that. Anyone ever spend a bit of time in the pit before you've suddenly woken up and you've realised, oh my goodness, the devil's actually having a go at me? And I get so incensed when I realise that. I'm like, whoa, ah, oh, that was a bit sneaky. And then I stand up and I'm like, no way, no way, devil. You are, you are not going to use this situation to bring about destruction in my life. I'm not letting you do that. There's like this righteousness. There's this, this holy anger that rises on the inside of me. It's like, man, him and his dirty tricks, no way. No way, I am, I am not going to give him a bow. I am not going to give him the satisfaction of taking me out. No way. Man, come on. Hold on. And I love what it says here too, that he says he comforts us in all of our troubles. And I think that's an interesting little word there, in, in our troubles. He's not pulling, pulling us out of the troubles, he's pouring himself in. And I just want to just share with you something just very practical tonight, which might help some people. Because I have certainly found that in times where I have felt discouraged or disillusioned with things, that there is something that actually I need to do to actually get myself out of that. It's not just kind of like I just stop and everything comes to me. As I said, I've got to keep moving. But there, is a, there were three specific things that, and this is kind of a little, a little formula that I felt like the Lord gave me a number of years ago. It massively helped me. And maybe it might help some people here tonight. If you are feeling tired, weary in your spiritual walk, if you feel like you've lost your spark, if you're feeling disillusioned and discouraged in life, three little things, hot food, hot people and hot places. Hot food, hot people, and hot places. And I'm not talking about eating curry in Fiji with a supermodel. Okay? Don't get the wrong idea. That's not, uh, I know. Some of, some of you are tapping out now. <laughs> You're finally excited at church. <laughs> In times where my spirit is weary, the first thing I need is hot food. And by hot food, what I mean is that I start listening to podcasts. I start opening up the Word of God. I start reading stuff. I start force-feeding this into my spirit, even though I don't feel like it. Because you see, we have this lie that the world tells us that in order to, you know, we have to feel something before you do do it. Otherwise, it's not real. If I don't feel it and I'm doing it, then it's not real. It's not being authentic. But it doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, you do it and then you feel it. It works the other way around. So sometimes you've just got to go and get a, get a book. <laughs> get, get a podcast. 
Get worship music on. Feed your soul with some hot food. Get that hot food in your soul. And the second thing is to get around hot people. And by, what I'm saying about hot people is, listen, often when you're in the pits of despair, sometimes it feels just so nice just to hang out with negative people because they just so get you. <laughs> oh, yes, I got hurt by the church too. You know, let us compare notes. You know, I got hurt by the church a few years ago, actually. I've been hurt many times, but I got, I got really hurt by the church. I was downstairs in our um, events room praying, and I had my eyes closed, and there's big pillars. <laughs> and I walked into one of the pillars. <laughs> and I was telling everyone, man, I got hurt by the church. Like, <laughs> you need to get around hot people. Find the most fired up Christian person that you know. Find someone who's walking with prophecies. Find someone who's going to encourage your spirit. Take them out, buy them lunch, buy them coffee and say, speak into my life. Get around the hottest people you can possibly find. And then you need to get to hot places. This is a hot place. There's some heat here tonight. Because I tell you, when you feel like this, this is the last place you want to come. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Or is it just, you know, uh, I'm talking to the unspiritual people here tonight. <laughs> because when we're tired and we're depressed and we're weary, the last place we want to be is a place with heat. But I tell you, that's the place we need to be. And we just got to literally, man, get yourself to church, get yourself to a conference, get yourself to a hot place where people are going after God and force yourself to stand in the middle. Because I tell you what, if you get around hot food and hot people and hot places, something's going to start rubbing off. Sometimes you can't start the fire yourself. And like a sparkler, you've got to get somebody else to help you with that process. And I want to tell you tonight, if you are in the pits of discouragement and despair, possibly you're not here. <laughs> but if you are here and you're hiding it, then this is part of what you need to do. There is action that is still required on our part. But make sure that you get into this because this is about your faith. This is about eternity. This stuff matters. I mean, He comforts us in our troubles. And then the final thing tonight is to console others. And there's a principle in Scripture that you see again and again, and that is this, that whatever you need in life, you have to give it away to get it. Anyone found that? Interesting, isn't it? Because it's completely opposite to what the world teaches us. The world teaches us if we need something, we find something and we take it. But actually, in the kingdom, in order to get something, you have to give it. You have to release it first. And then, in a way, it almost like creates almost like a vacuum or a suction or something that then, as it gets released from you, it kind of creates the suction that then pulls it into your life. You know, I've had a really interesting time in the, in the last little while, and I actually think this might help some people in the area of finances. We've just done a series at church on money, and um, incidentally, we've taken up uh, one of our, the biggest vision offering we've ever taken up because we decided we were going to teach people biblical stuff about money. We didn't even really talk about giving to church. It was actually just about, like, get this area of your life sorted out, and it's been incredible. Like, I mean, we, we've had a, a big thing that we've needed to do for church, and more than enough money has come in to cover that, and that, we're talking a lot of money, which has been awesome. But on the very first um, meeting or the time that we were talking about this, I felt like the Lord was telling me to do something because with money, there's a spirit called mammon that's involved. It's not just cash. There's actually a spiritual reality there. And I tell you what, I saw it so clearly once. And uh, I'm really gr grateful that this is not being live streamed because um, I'll say it like this. A person who looked remarkably like me um, didn't realize that it is an offense to like destroy money. You know, like to actually like, like to take New Zealand currency and like destroy it. But I, uh, oh sorry, a person who looks like me <laughs> spoke this message and what they did was they took out of their pocket a $5 bill and they cut it up in front of everyone. Big deal. And took out of pocket $10 bill, cut that up. 
took out of, out of my pocket. Okay, I'm just going to go with it. $20 bill. I cut that one up. And you could feel the room starting to shift a bit more by this point. Took out a $50 bill. Cut that up. Took out a $100 bill. I gave that one away. <laughs> but you know what? When I, cut, when I took out that $100 bill, there was a visible gasp that took place right across the congregation. And at that point, I looked at them and I said, that gasp is mammon. That, that's the spiritual reality that is controlling finances. And I, I'm not here to talk about finances tonight. <laughs> that could be next time. <laughs> but there is a spiritual reality that controls that. And so anyway, what happened though, getting back to my story, is that at the first thing, I said, I don't want to be bound by money. So I took $100 in, in $20 notes, five $20 notes, and I just ran around the first row and I just gave it all away. And everyone in the rest of the church is sitting there thinking, dang it, I should have sat in the first row <laughs> this week. But I did that to basically say, listen, I don't want to have this stuff being ruling over my life. I control money. Money does not control me. You know, I, I wanted to be able to visibly demonstrate that in a way by just giving it away and saying, look, I, I'm not going to consider the stuff of value because what's of value to me is really God's kingdom. But you know what was amazing? I gave $100 in that service away. And before the end of the service, completely unrelated, by the time I got home, because my wife wasn't well that day, and I got home, she said, oh, somebody's dro just dropped $100 into our bank account. That person was not in our service, and they were not even watching online. It was completely random for something else. And I just thought, wow, that was really interesting that I gave it away and it came back straight away. But you know, then what was even more interesting was that I'd been wrestling because I'd been slowly saving up for a piece of musical equipment that was way outside my price range. And I kept saving and putting all this money into this account for it because I really wanted it. And no matter how much I saved, I could never seem to get close to it. It just always, you know, kept eluding me. And... The Lord spoke to me and he said, that thing has got a stronghold over you. <sighs> Thanks, God. <laughs> he said, I want you to give that money away. And so I wrestled with that for like a week and a half, you know, because when you're preaching about money and that sort of stuff, man, God, he convicts us preachers, you know, don't, don't you worry, man. We get the hot breath of God on our neck as well with this stuff. It's not all just you guys. We've got to walk through this. And so... I wrestled with this thing for about a week and a half. Finally, on a Tuesday morning, about six in the morning when I was praying, I was like, fine, okay, that's fine. I'm letting it go, God, I'm going to give it away. So I made arrangements to give it away. My very first meeting that morning was at eight o'clock and it was with somebody that I don't usually meet with. They rung me and they called me to have a coffee. So anyway, I sit down with a coffee and the guy says to me, oh, we're going to talk about some other stuff. But before we talk about that, I just want to say, I want to give some money to you. And he named a figure, which was the exact figure that I'd just given away. And he said, not only that, but I also want to do this for you regularly. Like, I want to support your ministry regularly. And I'm like, far out. You know, I gave it and it came straight back. And you know what? When it came back, I was like, yes, that's awesome. And the Lord said, yeah, I want you to give that away again. <laughs> I'm like, no way. So, because <laughs> I hadn't clued on yet, right? And so then... As we got towards the end of the week, our church was doing a kind of a, a, a partnering thing with the community in terms of buying um, blankets and pajamas and things like that for, for needy families in the community. And I felt like I should take that money and I gave it to my wife and I said, go and buy as many blankets and pajamas as you possibly can with this money. Let's go and just, you know, be a blessing. So I let that money go. That was on the Friday. Then on the Saturday, I get to a Holy Spirit day that we had at our church. And uh, I'd bought down a bunch of my books just to kind of sell because we're talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about, you know, devotionals and time with God and everything like that. So I figured it would be a helpful thing. I had a guy who doesn't come to our church come up to me and he handed me a fistful of cash. <laughs> and he said, I want to buy X number of books and I want you to be able to just give it away to people. And so now I, I, I lost all of the books that I bought that day. I now had this fistful of cash, you know, which was pretty much what I'd just given away, you know, uh, like just the day before. And it's there back in my hand. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And then the Lord says, yeah, and I want you to give it away again. <laughs> but you know what? I'm starting, to, I'm starting to, to cotton on to what the principle is here. And... You know, I know you're all sitting there going, hey, uh, you could give it to me. <laughs> I know. 
But I want to challenge you. You know, whatever it is that you need, the kingdom principle is that you give it. And you don't give to get, but there's, it's, it's got to get through you. And I've been talking about finances, but you know, when it comes to consolation, when it comes to comfort, you know, so often we can be in the place of God, I just need comfort. I, I need someone to comfort me. I need this for me. But you know what? One of the most powerful ways that you can receive comfort from God is by being a comforter to others. When you actually make the decision, look, the thing that I need, I'm actually going to look around and find somebody else who needs that. And I'm going to give it away. I'm going to be a comfort to someone else. You know how many ministries, how many support groups, how many things have started because people, rather than sitting there in their misery and pain, looked around and said, there's others who are feeling this and I'm going to find those ones. I'm going to get alongside them and I'm going to do something about this. You know, and I reckon that when we do that, when we start to give in that way, what happens is it creates another one of those kind of, you know, those loops. It starts to come back to us again and again. You know, so ask yourself, who can I encourage? Who can I pray for? Who can I be a blessing to? And in this way, it practically embodies pretty much everything I said. It gets our focus off the problem. Amen. It keeps us moving and it becomes a blessing to someone else. So I want to say today, you know, if you are feeling in any way disappointed or disillusioned, firstly, you're not alone. <laughs> Life is hard, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit of comfort. But what do we do about it? Number one, we praise. We choose to put the King of Heaven on the throne and not the problem on the throne. Number two, we keep moving, and we make those deliberate decisions. Hot food. Hot places, hot people. You, you can remember that. And number three is that we give away the very thing that we need. We find others who need it and we become Jesus' hands and feet to them. And as we give it, that comes back to us. There's people here today. This, it's funny, I'm, I'm not here to talk about finances, but that story, there's people here today, you need a financial breakthrough. And I just want to challenge you, maybe, just maybe, God is going to actually say to you, take this money that you've got sitting over here and give it to someone else. You don't even have to give it to church. Like, I mean, you can give it to church, bless the work here, that's awesome. But, you know, find someone who's in need and do it secretly. You know what? I, I, I don't want to keep going because I want to finish up tonight. But I'll tell you, one of the most fun things I've discovered to do in the last little while is become one of those secret letterbox people. Going out in the dead of night, in the van, <laughs> putting an offering in someone's letterbox, and you don't tell them who it's from. And the reason you don't tell them who it's from is when they get it, they can't come back to you and say, thank you very much. They have to look up and say, thank you, God. Right. Yeah. So many of us want to be on the receiving end of letterbox miracles, and that's awesome. But I want to tell you, man, I think it's actually even more blessed to be on the giving of the letterbox miracle. And I, I believe there's people here tonight, you know, and God's going God's to give you a figure and he's going to show you someone else in the church who actually needs a blessing or a breakthrough. And uh, I believe there's going to be, you know, little letterbox miracles that are going to take place all over this church. I prophesy that tonight. Yeah. And it's going to start, you know, there's, man, it's so funny. I was not even planning on preaching about finances, but <laughs> there, there's... You know, and, and I'm not that guy. I'm not like, you know, I'm not the finance guy in terms of, you know, the, the dude that, you know, I'm not, I don't have the white suit and the ring and the dove. And, and Anyway, the, but I believe though that I can see it in this church that there's going to be, there's a whole lot of financial breakthroughs going to start taking place as people actually start giving. Just a little bit by a little bit. It's like a snowball effect. And some of you are going to receive money and the Lord's going to say, that's great. That's your deposit to start to give away to someone else. You're going to go on the journey that I've gone on. I'm here to talk about compassion and comfort and I'm here talking about money. Who knew? <laughs> anyway, it's all good. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? And uh, worship team, can I grab you guys back up? Thank you for being patient with me. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Lord. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven tonight? Yeah. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blesses us with all the comfort 
of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, God, that you comfort us in our affliction so that we can comfort others with the comfort that we have received ourselves. Lord, I thank you, God, that even in the midst of our troubles and our difficulties, Lord, so often we're saying, God, would you take me out? And he's saying, no, no, I'm going to invade. I'm coming in. Oh, we just want to welcome you in tonight in Jesus' name. Into the middle of it all. Into the midst of it all. And, you know, I was talking tonight about a couple of things about, you know, uh, the hot, hot food, hot places, hot people thing and about, you know, giving away. And that's some homework that you can take away this week. But, you know, one thing that we can do right now is we can do the first thing I talked about. We can praise. And we can make the decision today because I know that every single one of us, we've got a crisis, we've got a situation, we've got something that's going on in our life and it's trying to clamour for the attention of our eyes and the focus of our mind. But what we're going to do tonight is we're not going to deny the problem, but we're going to deny the problem a place of influence. We are not going to let that thing sit on the throne of our heart. We're going to get our eyes up and we're going to worship Jesus. So I want every hand lifted right now in Jesus' name. And I want you to set your attention and your focus on the King of Heaven tonight. And Father, I thank You, Lord, that far above every other name, far above every crisis, every situation, every issue, Lord, I thank You tonight, God, that You are God above it all. And we want to say, Lord, with the Old Testament people, we want to say, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His love endures forever. In the middle of our crisis, we say, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His love endures forever. Even when we can't see it, when we can't see our way forward, when we're not sure how it's all going to work, we say, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His love endures forever. Come on, say it with me. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His love endures forever. And again, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His love endures forever. Once more, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His love endures forever. Come on, let's lift a shout of praise to Him tonight.